baby led weaning, basically the concept that your baby is, as the name indicates, leading the way in the whole feeding process. My baby doesn't have teeth yet. How are they going to chew? How are they not gonna choke on a finger food? We're not gonna be waiting until they're like two years of age to start them on solids or a finger food, especially. I think everyone has to be educated on what is a safe texture, even when it's a finger food, what's appropriate. So we do wanna challenge them early on. Parents are like, I'll just put it off. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do it next month. Maybe I'll do it in two months or maybe in three months or when they're a year. Listen, like there's a, a window of opportunity where your baby can really develop those oral motor skills that we talk about so much. We don't want to let it be, you know, too long before we give them the practice, then it's much harder for them to get there. And, you know, as much as we hear, Food Before One is just for fun and milk is the main source of nutrition. It is, but listen, iron and zinc, that cannot be provided through milk alone after six months of age. I have a resource that I'm gonna give to everybody on your podcast here, and it's basically about overcoming the fear of gagging and choking, because again, that's the biggest kind of barrier to starting. Listen, the first step is to understand what is the purpose of gagging, what is it, and how is it different from choking? Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving parenting issues. We cover so many topics here on the podcast from sleep, nutrition, relationships, and more to make sure that your parenting journey is a little bit smoother. Today, I'm so happy to welcome my friend, Edwina Kennedy, onto the podcast. You probably know Edwina of My Little Eater on Instagram. She is committed to helping you raise healthy little eaters, and I love all of her free resources, her core Courses are amazing. And today on the podcast, we are covering a topic that, again, it's one I wish I had six years ago when I was starting out my feeding journey with my Ellie. You guys, this is a good one. So let's just jump right in and get to know Edwina and all of the resources she has for us. Edwina, welcome back to the podcast. I just um, love you and your boys, and I claim them for my own children one day. So, anyways, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love being here and I love chatting with you. So I'm excited to dive into today's topic. Well, all right. Five years ago, or gosh, I need, I need to be saying almost six years ago because Ellie is almost six. I did not know what baby light weaning was. I didn't even really know. Like I was just a young, and we, we were talking about this, like I was just a young mom, right? Like I had my kids really young. And so I didn't really know. I didn't have a lot of friends who had kids and I was just flying off the seat of my pants and Instagram wasn't really a thing five years ago. So I didn't really know where to look and what to do, but I'd kind of heard of baby led weaning. But I was like, well, it sounds too complicated. So I'm just going to make my own baby food because that's not complicated. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, all right, let's start at the baseline. What is baby led weaning? Very good question. So <laughs> it's funny you say um, you were where you were because that's where I was when I had my kids. Baby led weaning was a new concept that came out literally two years before I had my first son. So, and it originated in the UK. There's um, a dietitian who, whose name is Jill Rapley. So she's the one who coined the term. And I can't really say it's a new concept, but it was brought back to kind of modern society through her. So she put out a book and did all this research around it. And at that time, like I said, she was in the UK, stayed in the UK, really, like very few people knew about it. I had no idea about it. When I started learning about it was when I had my second son. And it's basically the concept that your baby is, as the name indicates, leading the way in the whole feeding process. So the biggest kind of differentiator is that your baby is self-feeding. So they are, you know, feeding themselves. There's no parent that's like 
holding a spoon up to their mouth and trying to coax them to eat or, you know, trying to get bites into them. They're actually doing it completely independently on their own. And the second kind of uh, differentiating factor about baby led weaning is that they're eating whole foods. So they are usually large, like finger shaped pieces of food, because that's what's easy for your baby to hold at that age, you know, around six months is when we'd say they start. And so anyway, they are eating whole foods versus purees and mushy textures, which most of us grew up on, you know, when we started, um, you know, when we were being fed by our moms, and then our grandmothers fed their babies, it, you know, we all were known uh, or very well versed, I should say, in puree feeding. Um, so yeah, baby-led weaning is a very, very different approach. Oh, for sure. And it because it's you know it's, that's pretty relatively new. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of science and research and raising children, baby-led weaning is new. It's a new concept, and I do think that it scares people because of that, like, because it's new and because it's not, it doesn't sound as easy, right? Like I'm just going to pop open this jar of baby food right here and feed that to my child. Or I'm just gonna, you know, I'm making, um, I'm just going to make, make my own baby food, right? I got that, that beautiful baby Brezza steamer pureeer machine, right? I've got all the tools I need. Baby lid weaning sounds scary because also my child is little, and can they really handle those chunks and those pieces? And what happens if they gag or choke? Which is the reason we're chatting today um, is really to get into that. And I think that that's a fear factor, I'm sure, with parents. Oh, my God. It's the number one fear factor. I get, you know, the the questions and um, kind of like, <laughs> the, like, I don't know, big emotional dumps all every day, all day when parents are saying, you know, I'm, I'm terrified, literally terrified to start solids and extra terrified to start with finger foods. And how can I do and how, Yes. How can my baby handle it when they're so little, right? They don't have teeth yet. You know, they haven't learned to do it on easy textures. How are they going to do it on a more difficult texture? So the thing I like to say is, first of all, kind of going back to how baby led weaning started and even puree feeding started. If you think about back to like caveman times, they, you know, moms or dads, they were not, you know, putting food in a food processor or blender and blending it up or kind of making these, or purchasing, you know, pre-made purees in a jar. What they were really doing is maybe chewing on food a little bit, just so it's a little bit softer and giving it to their baby or giving them already smushable, soft kind of whole pieces of food. So it's not a really new concept. It's just newer to us now. And purees kind of came around in the 1920s-ish, where it was more of an industrial-led kind of uh, feeding method where, you know, doctors at the time were thinking, you know, babies as young as two months and three months uh, needed some solids to help with growth, which we know now is totally false. <laughs> but a baby at two months and three months clearly cannot handle whole foods. So what needs to be done? We have to create purees for them. And this is kind of how this whole um, market developed. And so we started to become accustomed to purees so much that we thought babies needed to have purees first. They could not ever really handle, even as we moved into what we now know is more closer to like five, six months, seven months of age when we start solids, we're still thinking, no, 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 they have to start on purees. They cannot handle, you know, finger foods, but that's not true. So what a lot of parents kind of um, say to me is, but my baby doesn't have teeth yet. How are they going to chew? How are they not going to choke on a finger food? Um, and what I love to tell them, they're always like so surprised. And they're like, oh yeah. When I tell them that, listen, you're, we don't chew with our front teeth, right? Like our top two and bottom two teeth or whatever front teeth that we get 
especially babies get, you know, in those first few months or maybe a year of growth, they we're not chewing with those. What we're actually chewing with is our molars, which are in the back of our mouth. That's where you do the grinding and the heavy biting and the chewing. So that doesn't come for kids until closer to two years of age. So we're definitely, if we're going by that logic, we're not going to be waiting until they're like two years of age to start them on solids or finger foods, especially. So if we really think about it, babies have super hard gums. They can handle it just with their gums. Their teeth are actually sitting right under the surface of their gums. If you were to put your finger in your baby's mouth and they bit down super hard on it, you know how strong those gums are. Yes, been there. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, ouch, what's that, what's that video? Charlie yeah. bit my finger, right? Like yes. everyone should remember that video. So that's what I want parents to think about is, listen, like they have a lot of power with those gums. So giving them a texture that is safe, which I think everyone has to be educated on what is a safe texture, even when it's in a finger food, what's appropriate. Um, giving them a texture that's safe, that means that, you know, you have nothing really to worry about. They are going to be able to manage that just fine. And uh, anyway, there's so much more I can get into it. But that's kind of the big thing I let pe parents know right in the beginning is, listen, they can do it. And, and yes, gagging and choking can happen just really quickly can, to let you know, gagging will happen whether it's happening on purees or whether it's happening in baby led weaning and choking can happen whether your baby is on purees or baby led weaning. If you're doing it safely, you know, both ways, if you're educated and you know how to do it safely, then the risk of choking is the exact same. So I like to tell parents that. <laughs> Interesting with teeth, I mean, from the sleep and from the nutrition world then. So, you know, a few things that are the excuses, the number one excuses, there's like a few of them. And one of them is of course, teething, right? Like, oh, my baby can't sleep because they're teething. Oh, well, just like you were saying, they're not getting molars till they're two. So you can't say, oh, my kid can't eat can't eat food. What are you going to do? Not let them eat food until you're two. Well, and then you're not going to, you're not done getting teeth until you're 12. So what are you just not going to like let your kids sleep until they're 12? You know, it's like, it doesn't make sense either way. And I think that's just that reality we have to be awakened to because in the moment it seems difficult. It seems daunting and it's easy to blame it. Oh, I can't do baby led weaning. They don't have teeth. They don't have teeth, so I can't do that. Or, oh, I can't work on sleep because I see a tooth popping in, right? So it's like we use that as an excuse sometimes. And I would love for you to share like some of that education. So you've talked about it's important to do it safely. It's important to have safe textures. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what is a safe texture? So that's the number two question I get <laughs> all the time. So a safe texture for all babies starting out. You want to offer something that is squishable. So I, I teach my clients um, how to do like the squish test, I call it. So basically you take your thumb and your forefinger and you put whatever food it is in between those and you just kind of put apply some pressure down with your thumb and forefinger and if you can smush that, um, it doesn't have to completely degrade and disintegrate and dissolve and it's like, you know, barely a texture at all. But as long as you can kind of smush that, know that your baby's gums are way harder than that. So if you can, if you can do that, they can handle a texture of that caliber. So that's the main thing. So that's in terms of the texture you want to offer. And then in terms of the size, a lot of times, again, parents are like, but it's so big, you know, they're definitely, that's going to fall back and that's going to, they're going to choke on that, but they won't. Here's the thing. First of all, the reason why we go big is because again, the concept is that baby's doing this themselves. So there's no influence or kind of pressure coming from a parent that is causing them to maybe overeat or, you know, um, eat certain things over others, we kind of give 
this intuitive eating and mindful practice, like we start teaching them that from the beginning. So anyway, if they can pick up these big pieces of food, they will learn to, I mean, in the beginning, they're just sucking on it, licking it, maybe gnawing on it. And if it's a safe, soft texture, it's going to start to kind of break down in their mouth naturally. So you'll have, again, by the time they maybe like mush it twice in their mouth, it's down to a pretty much mashable puree texture anyway. So you're kind of really just making it easy for them to get it in and, and learn how to take bites. But it's not like it's that much different than a puree. And again, you don't have to, these like really thin, runny, breast milk type consistency purees, like those are so, so easy that really it's like, you're not teaching your baby any skills, right? So we do want to challenge them early on. I think that's a big, big thing is parents are like, I'll just put it off, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do it next month. Maybe I'll do it in two months or maybe in three months or when they're a year. And I love to let parents know that, listen, like there's a, a window of opportunity where your baby can really develop those oral motor skills that we talk about so much, which is how to move their tongue, how to bite down, you know, to appropriate amount, depending on the food, how to um, swallow properly and safely. Those things need practice and you have to give them that practice through food in order for them to develop those skills. If we wait too long, then you're going to see a lot more of the issues that we want to avoid early, like gagging and choking, right? We don't want to let it be you know, too long before we give them the practice, then it's much harder for them to get there. And we've seen through research that um, babies who haven't been exposed to textures like finger foods and, you know, chewy textures, stringy textures, lumpy textures, all those things by 10 months actually have an increased risk of picky eating later because they haven't had that exposure. It, there is a wild connection between like what you're sharing makes so much sense that obviously if you don't have that exposure, it's, it's going to have some effects later. Um, also <laughs> cause it's, it's connected to sleep. I always say there's like a window of opportunity where, you know, this research probably has not been proven. It's just something that I've noticed over the years between six to nine months old, babies are like ready. They are ready. They are like moldable. They, they learn really fast. They pick up on things really quickly and I can see that for the same thing for food because they're like, they're just eager and they're ready to explore the world around them. And so you give them that opportunity to, and then what, what I start to see is that if they aren't like you're saying about that 10 month, 12 month mark, if they're not given that opportunity, then the parents are leaning heavily on milk as like, Oh, well you just got to eat. You got to, I mean, you got to drink, you got to drink a lot of milk because you're not eating. But then that's not, and that's where I see parents getting into a massive heap of trouble between 12 and 18 months where the kid is just drinking milk all day and they're not even eating anything. And that's such a big issue. Oh my gosh. It, it really is. And uh, again, I understand the fears and the reasons why some of this stuff happens, but it's important, you know, to remind parents that milk is is a lifesaver and it's literally like liquid gold. As we know, breast milk is liquid gold for your baby up, you know, within that first year, but it does not mean that you again can hold off on teaching them how to eat solids before that, because all of a sudden they, they turn 12 and now they're going to learn how to eat. No, you have to give them that practice. So from six to 12 months, ideally six to 10 months, they have gotten enough practice with solids of all different types of textures and, you know, difficulty levels to an extent, there's going to be more that they can handle as toddlers. But you know, lots of variety that by the time they hit that 10 month mark, now they are eating proficiently, they are competent eaters, they know how to eat like normal solid foods for the most part. So they don't have to rely heavily on milk because milk is not going to meet all their nutrient needs. <laughs> you know, as much as we hear 
food before one is just for fun and milk is the main source of nutrition. It is, but listen, I really want to stress to all you listeners out there, iron and zinc, that cannot be provided through milk alone after six months of age. It does need to be supplemented. We don't produce that naturally in the body, so we have to supplement that through food. So I'm not saying freak out and you know rush like crazy at six months to have them eating three meals a day and eating like crazy hard stuff, but just understand that the practice they get from that six to 10 and 11 month mark is going to be very important to get them to the point of eating you know three solid food meals a day by 12 months of age. So I know, and I've got a couple other questions, but this is a good time to pause because I know that now parents are realizing that, good, this is important. Like I've got to be teaching my child how to be, um, how to safely eat foods. I'm interested in baby led weaning. You have a free resource for us. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I have a resource that I'm going to give to everybody on your podcast here. And it's basically about overcoming the fear of gagging and choking, because again, that's the biggest kind of barrier to starting. And I mean, listen, starting with purees, I just want to say really quickly, it's not wrong. It's, it's not like you can't do it, but it's just about keeping in mind that idea that we want to swiftly move to more advanced textures and finger foods as soon as your baby shows that they're ready. And oftentimes babies do show that they're ready early on, maybe within a week of starting purees, they're, they've mastered it. They can swallow it fine. There's no gagging happening. There's no issues. And you're like, yay, like, this is great. I'm going to continue forever. No, that's exactly what you want to see as a sign before you move on to the next step. Okay, now let me challenge them with something a little more difficult, a little bit different from what they've experienced before. And parents stop there because they're like, oh, no, 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 but they're starting gagging. And so this is why I created this guide is because knowing we want to advance them, this is going to help overcome that fear of gagging when you see it happening. So I, I, I always tell you know parents, listen, the first step is to understand what is the purpose of gagging, what is it, and how is it different from choking? Because a lot of times we don't even realize that it is different from choking. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh my God, they're in danger if they start gagging. But gagging is, first of all, a necessary part of learning to eat. It's actually a safety mechanism that is that we're all born with that helps babies move food from the back of the mouth to the front of the mouth, right? To actually prevent choking. So it's a really good thing. And it's a normal, natural response. And basically, again, you're going to experience gagging anytime you move up in textures, right? So we need, we need babies to, to start experiencing it, to learn how to eat safely and manage and maneuver those textures. So gagging can happen if um, maybe if they have a new texture or a food piece is too big or that food, um, even if they've always been able to handle it well, maybe it moved a little further back you know, to the back of the mouth. And so a gag is going to happen. So again, a very normal, natural response. It doesn't mean that they're in danger. It doesn't mean that they're not in control of what's happening. It's actually the opposite. It means your baby's body is responding and is fully in control. They recognize that it's there. They're like sensory receptors and everything is said, okay, there's something there and they're reacting. And so we want to encourage actually your baby to be able to get good at like gagging something out, putting, you know, pushing it to the front of their mouth, using their tongue, you know, their, their forward tongue thrust to kind of get that food out. That's all good. Choking on the other hand, that's not good. Obviously we don't want to go there, but knowing the difference is important. So choking is when you actually have realized, okay, that the gag reflex hasn't worked. Yeah. You know, now we basically we can see our baby's not in control, right? So now it's moved to the back of the throat into the airway, blocking air, right? 
um, that's obviously a dangerous situation. You're going to see totally different symptoms happen. You're not going to see the baby making noise or kind of, again, trying to get that food out, you know, maybe even crying. They're not going to be coughing. They're not going to be doing that stuff. They're going to be silent. They're going to be maybe turning blue because of the lack of oxygen. You're going to see a panic look on their face. It's funny with gagging, you often see babies gag and kind of like giggle like right away after like they gag ah, and then they just keep or they keep on eating or they keep on playing or they keep on you know doing other things because they're they're not bothered it's not a big deal it's more of a big deal for us with choking it's totally different you're actually going to see a panic look on their face you know a lot more still so i like to kind of get parents to get educated on the difference between them and in the guide there'll be more detail in terms of the symptoms of gagging and the symptoms of choking but just a general rule to go by is if your baby is red so maybe because they're straining a little bit to get you know that food out through a gag and if they're making any noise if you can hear a cry you can hear a cough you can hear even like sometimes that like kind of like a belching noise or something they're safe they're okay you don't have to worry if they're silent and if they're blue that's when it's a choking scenario and again totally different situation there so um it's kind of like the first tip to yeah, which is super getting- helpful because if somebody is wanting, obviously the whole the whole t- reason that we're talking is the overcoming the fear, and you, I, I definitely want parents to become educated on that before they even jump into all the new safe foods and textures and and it's it's exciting to feed your to feed your baby. It's so exciting, and I think that's why some te- sometimes people start younger is because they just can't wait. And honestly, that's usually the first kid in the family. You're like, yeah, I can't wait to feed you, <laughs> and then the second kid comes around, you're like, okay, I can wait to feed you, right? But no matter where we are, it's it's important to be educated on exactly safe textures, safe responses, what safe uh, what safe responses your baby is showing you and, and the signs. And babies are so smart and you can learn, we can learn so much just by observing and watching them. So I, I think that's going to be a great resource. And we'll link all of that in the show notes so you guys can just scroll down and click that. Um, but I want to share a little bit about your resources beyond this. You have a new podcast and um, share with us about your podcast and where we can connect with you. Yeah. So I just launched my podcast, I think maybe six weeks ago. Basically it's, it's like this, me chatting and giving you all the like strategies and, you know, tips and actionable steps that you can take when you're feeding your baby or your toddler. So um, I go through all the common questions that people get, got really great interviews, and basically digging into different topics that I cover in my online courses as well, so that you can kind of get like kind of a new view, a new, you know, hearing my voice and, and hearing different ways of saying it is really beneficial. So, you know, wash your dishes, do your chores, whatever you're doing, you can pop them into your ear, pop your uh, headphones into your ear and listen to, um, some really good information about how to feed your baby solids and how to prevent and manage picky eating in toddlerhood. Love it. When, where can we find you on Instagram? So on Instagram, it's my little eater. The podcast is called the my little eater podcast and the website is mylittleeater.com. So nice and easy. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. This was super helpful. And I know it's going to give a lot of like sigh of relief from parents when they download this guide. So y'all don't forget, scroll down, click Edwina's guide, overcoming the fear of gagging and choking. It's going to be hugely beneficial. Thank you so much for having me. 
Make sure you download Edwina's free guide, Overcoming the Fear of Choking and Gagging. This will be so helpful, I know. You can find the links below in the show notes. Just click free download and get started on it. Y'all, I'm so grateful for Edwina and all of the amazing resources she shares. Don't forget to head over to at my little yarn Instagram. Say hey. She loves connecting with you guys, and I'm super excited to continue next week as we make sure your parenting journey is a little bit smoother. Sweet dreams. See you next time.